This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. We are back. I'm here once again with my pal, good friend, uh, looking very dapper, John. Uh, Thank you, John. John Brazier, yeah, our director of fun and games. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. As you said, I'm feeling dapper. Yeah. Uh, today well, is Monday. We have to let the audience yes. know that. Uh, so I know we're going to post this on Thursday. But so we are going to talk about uh, a big a big weekend or a big, I'm sorry, a big three-day series we have coming up because we have Chase Sutley coming in and we have Manny Machado coming in. So uh, pretty interesting. That's going to be the big question. What kind of reaction will Machado get? Are, are the Philly fans going to applaud him uh, so he's got a good feeling about Philadelphia for maybe free agents in next year? Or do you think he gets booed? Well, I was listening actually to WIP this morning, and uh, they were saying we should be wooing them, not wooing him, not booing him. him. So, uh, (laughs) well, it wasn't his choice not to come here. Obviously, it was a trade. He got traded. Manager, right, right. And we still have a great opportunity to get him in the off season. Now, um, you know, he is a. Is this tampering Rob Brooks? <laughs> Are we t- tackling Philly's employees? Are we, you know, who knows that? Uh, Does Manny's agent take credit cards? I mean, that's the only way I'd be able to uh, foot any kind of bill. He's got to be a Fanatic fan, right? Have you ever, had, as a Fanatic, had any interactions with Manny Machado? Uh, has, have you done any one-arm can, push-ups? Not that I can recall. But that is interesting. I, I'll, that's why Ron Gant. Remember Ron Gant? Uh, great player for yes, the, uh, well, the he played for the Braves, but he uh, had a couple of years with us. He was a great guy. I loved Ron Gann. He was really good. Maybe I loved him because when he got traded, he said that all the microphones were in his face. He's like, I'm, we're really pumped. My kids can't wait because now we get to see the Philly Fanatic every game. I was like, and it. I was watching TV. I'm like, I love that guy. Right. Yeah. Now, how was is, how is Chase Utley's uh, relationship with the Fanatic? Uh, Chase, listen, I always talk about certain players who just are in a zone before the game. Uh, it's him and Tony Gwynn are the two guys I always think of. They literally, I, the fanatic could be out there running around naked and he would look just right through the Which fanatic. Which I've seen the fanatic yeah, naked he, running around. He, the fanatic does run around naked, but, uh, you know, Chase, and of course the fanatic's smart enough not to mess around. I do remember when Utley came back for the first time. Remember that game uh, a couple of years ago, Johnny hit two home runs. Yep. Got two standing ovations. No visiting te- uh, player has ever gotten that before. But um, the Fanatic had stayed away from him uh, that first game in the pregame. And he came out. Uh, he was on deck. He actually let off that game. And he's out there. Of course, he's watching our pitcher. You know, a player you know, will watch the pitcher to see what kind of stuff he's got, even in warm-ups. Well, the Fanatic got right in front of Chase to, I think, just kind of wave to him like, hey, I miss you, bro. And he was waving the Fanatic away like, you're in my 
sight line. I can't see the the pitcher. I'm I'm trying to time him. And uh, so no, Chase well, wait, is in all that about game, the game. He hit two home runs. Correct. So the, the fanatic should have been in his sight line, and then he wouldn't have hit two home runs against us. <laughs> no, what Chase says, I the fanatic did actually. Okay. You obeyed. <laughs> I you obeyed. acquiesced. So so John, that's the thing. It's Monday. Uh, they called a press conference for three fifteen. So uh, I don't think. I think it's just a matter of it's a good way for our reporters to be in front of Chase, ask the questions, and you well, know, the, rather the, than him having to. Uh, you will know, the fanatic be the at team. the press conference? Uh, fanatic w- will not be, but I think I am going to sneak in the back door. Now, I thought you know, I being in PR uh, now, marketing Chase, um, you know, was not someone who is the most accessible. Accessible, but I tell you what, he was when you needed him. I mean, he it just was more. You just knew Chase had the game face on, and uh, in the beginning of the career, he was great. And he's always very good, but I got to tell you, when I needed someone in a pinch, or when PR needs someone in a pinch, Chase was awesome. He was always there. So he was a stand-up guy. Um, and again, I don't think he loved doing the media, but he did it because he knew it was very important. So that's very Dalton-esque, isn't it? I yeah, think Dutch he was, was the same he, way on that. He was very Dalton-esque. Team. Yes. Yep. Uh, and Chase, there's, there's nobody that 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 worked harder. I know everybody knows all the stories, but he he and Kevin Camasholi must have a pretty <laughs> close relationship because Kevin's you know in charge of the video room and. Chase was always in that video room. Always in the video room. I remember he had a, a five-hit game, uh, one game here, and he had had four hits, and he was right back in that video room. I think we were up number of runs. It really the fifth at bat, bat probably didn't matter, but he was in there right until it was time for him to get up, and sure enough, he got his fifth hit. Yeah, I think a lot, when he got traded to the Dodgers, I think a lot of the Dodgers were excited because Chase was really a studier of, of pickoff moves, of – of tells by the pitchers that they have, so he had all these secrets locked up as you know as a as a Phillies employee. Now all of a sudden he's going to another team. Now they can get, unlock that that uh, box of knowledge that he had. You know all these little tricks of the trade that he looked through video to find out again. You know tell signs and he and you, as you said the fanatics blocking him. He wants to know what that pitcher's doing to see what he's see if he's giving up any signals of uh, whether what he's throwing. Yeah. Always prepared. Um yeah, and do you think, I mean, he, he's kind of been a player coach for the last couple of years with the Dodgers. Do you see him coaching when he's uh, when he retires? I know he's going to spend some time with his family, Yeah, but you think he's one of those guys going to get tired of sitting around the house yes. after a I, few I, years? I, I see Chase as, you know, taking a couple of years off, um, and Chase is one of these guys, he can get a job right away, right? I mean, he's built out that reputation. I can see him, he's got small kids, I could see him getting away from the game for a couple of years, and then I could see him. He's just such a baseball rat. He's a he's rat. A gym he's rat. a gym rat. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so is. I could see him coming back, and who knows? Maybe it would be it. I mean, the, the perfect scenario would be in the Phillies, uh, you know, coaching organization. So um, we'll see. Now, the other person, we're going to be interviewing Dan Baker as our guest today, and uh, Dan Baker's another guy who prepares just like Chase oh Utley, right? Does uh, that guy do the preparation or what? He uh, wants to know that. I know whenever we bring somebody for the first pitch or the national anthem, you know, I always bring that person to Dan so he can hear the pronunciation of the name himself. And Because and, I know Dan's going to ask me anyway. Um, but he is a stickler, and he's always a stickler. You were in the booth um, way back when you did the music. That's right. I was in the booth when I did the music. And that was when at the vet when Dan had to do ball strikes outs. Right on that on the, on the touch thing that went up on the board, and he also had to do the PA announcing. He was juggling two very important jobs. And what would happen if he ever got the count wrong, John? 
Dan, Dan is the most polite, gentlemanly yes. guy you'll most, ever meet. The, the most I ever. Mean, just, the, just always in a good mood. You'll, you'll see today when we interview him, he's like, well, Dan, or well, well, Tom, well, John, that's very nice of you saying that. But when he made that mistake, oh, boy, like I saw a different. Yeah, pound saw, the table. I mean, very, not, so not on anybody else. It yep. was, he was very hard on himself if he ever made a mistake. So, you know, again. Well, I know it's one of the reasons he got the job. I think back in 1972, the Phillies were looking to hire a PA guy, and they wanted somebody, not somebody uh, with just a good voice, but they wanted somebody who knew the game because they knew it was going to be a dual role, you know, right. keeping track of uh, balls and strikes and also doing the PA. Did I ever tell you the time I filled in for Dan Baker for an entire game? No, and I've heard yeah. like Froggy's done it like for it was people. Year. People have done it like basically yeah. when he can't get up to the, the uh, booth quick enough when right, he's for down the first on the field. batter. That's right. But no, I never, I didn't, never even knew that somebody did a full game. It was the year before you started with the Phillies, so okay. this was 1993, the season for the Phillies, right? Dan, I'm working up there playing the music, right. and uh, Dan comes in for a game, and he has laryngitis. Now, Dan, I think he's only missed about 15 games in 46 years, right. so it's a rare occurrence. And for illness, I think he's only missed a couple games for illness. Think about that. In 46 years, it's an unbelievable record he's got going. But he came in with laryngitis one game, and I just kind of got voted in to let, let Tom do it. Let Tom do it. Was that voted by the booth or by the organization? No, it was the booth. Like, it was. Uh, I think Dennis Mannion was around, our vice president yep. of marketing at the time, and uh, maybe it got cleared through him. But uh, I think everybody in the booth just wanted to see if I could do now, it. Now, did you do? Did you do your voice, or did you? Were you trying to do like a radio voice, my, my, or Dan Baker's voice? I was thinking about doing as Dave Zinkoff, actually, the Sixers <laughs> announcer, because I did a Dave Zinkoff impersonation. But uh, no. Um, well, hold on, before you're going to tell me. Let's now announce that '93 team. Like, do do like the first four batters as Dave Zinkoff. Okay. <laughs> now number four, Lenny Dykstra. No, but I wasn't going to do that. That would have been fun, though. <laughs> that would have been great. Wait, who's batting second? Second. How about Mariano Duncan? Batting third. <laughs> batting third. Who was batting third? Dykstra. Just say yeah, Dykstra. Dave Holland's probably. Dave Holland. No, but uh, what happened? So anyway, I'm totally fired up to do a game. This is a dream come true, John. You of got course. a chance to do a play-by-play, you know, a couple play-by-play games at spring training. Here I am, the PA announcer, filling in for Dan Baker. So uh, I'm all fired up. Dan sat right next to me. He was there that game, and he was going to handle the, squ- uh, the balls, balls and strikes. strikes. Yep. So I didn't have to worry about that. I just had to do the announcing. And having Dan, one of the greatest of all time, you know, uh, giving me some pointers. So it was really cool. The Phillies take the field, and Dan Baker, and he still does it today when the team takes the field, he says, ladies and gentlemen, you're, and he says the Philadelphia the Phillies. Well, he always says the year. Oh. Like this year, he goes, right. here's your 2018 Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the team takes the field in 1993, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, the 1994 <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. I got the year wrong. <laughs> Everybody in FanDivision looked over, and I was like, what? and then I'm like, wait, did I just say 1994? <laughs> what did Dan Baker do? Uh, you know, he was disgusted, I think. <laughs> and that's right in the beginning. Uh, you haven't, right even, in the you beginning. haven't even announced the lineup yet. Yeah, and then batting lead off, Lenny Dykstra. And, of course, Dan has Well, timber. I was going to say, did you try to, like, you no. almost naturally go into Dan Baker. Just like when I did the play-by-play and someone hits a home run, you almost want to go right into Harry Cowles. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to do any impersonation. Uh, did, you try to, did you make your voice deeper then? No, and I should have because I'm sure if you're a fan out there and you're listening to me at a 20-some-year-old 
kid doing the game. I'm sure it sounded awful. But the funny thing was, uh, I had my comp tickets to my brothers. Two of my brothers and one of my best friends were at the game, and they were sitting right below me, okay, right below, uh, you know, where we do the games. And I kept on, every time I would make an announcement, I'd look over to see, you know, they've got to be figuring this out. That sounds like Tom. Finally, uh, like, it was not till I think, the second inning, they started looking at each other, looking at each other, and they looked up, and I'm holding the microphone, standing up with That's my arms great. up. I'm like, it's me, it's me. Did you, you butcher know. any other part of the game? Did you yeah. did you mess up any pronunciations? Uh, or? I'm sure I did. I mean, I was just, you know, I'm so glad there's not a recording of it because right. I'm sure I sounded like this little pipsqueak, you know. Right. You didn't say Kim <laughs> Battist or something? or <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I managed. But uh, I had Dan sign the scorecard, actually. That's so, awesome. Uh, do, you I, have, do you have I a have, copy of that? I have a copy. Sure, I saved it. It's a prized possession. Dan Baker signed the scorecard. No, do you have a copy me. of the uh, – well, I guess you wouldn't because there's no tape. No, there's right? no tape of it. No, no. Just a memory in my head, John. Nice. There you go. I like it. Well, it, it's Dan is a uh, – Great guy. We, we we've had the pleasure of just. I love Dan. Actually, helped me get in. I do that radio show on WBCB, and Dan uh, had been doing it for, with with Bull for I guess a couple of years. And we were at dinner one night. And he said, "John, you ought to do a uh, radio show." And I said, "Yeah, it'd be great. I've always talked about doing it." And I said, "I've always talked about doing it with Ricky Batalica when he was a player." Um, he said, well, I'm sure I could put you in touch with Lee Alexander over there who can maybe can, so next thing you know, he put me in touch with Lee Alexander and now what, 11, 12 years later, I'm, I've been doing a show with Ricky Patalico and Tommy Green. And Dan, I didn't know Dan, uh, helped you. He totally helped me set the, uh, direction. So, yeah, yeah. and you know, and, and he's been great. He always asked me about the show and I'm always asking about his, his radio show. And, uh, he said, and he's had a crazy life. We'll get into it when he gets here. But, you know, I, I know, like, I think in the very beginning, wasn't he like a circus barker or, or daredevil shows or something? Or? I thought he did that. You know who else did that? Gene Hart. And I thought Dan did it too. And yeah, now I'll have to ask him on that. Yeah. But he was also, was it, was he the commissioner of the big five? Yeah. He was the executive, uh, the executive director uh, of uh, Big Five for 15 or 16 years. Spent a lot of nights in the hotels with Rob Brooks. Yes, right. as the Drexel play-by-play uh, -play guy. Rob's the uh, was his side man, right, Rob? Rob's back there. It's what happened to your career? You were uh, you were on the air at Drexel University all those years, and now you're art engineer. How'd that happen? Yeah, what what happened there? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. he's, he's like Benjamin Button. <laughs> now he's pushing the Benjamin Buttons. Oh, nice one, John. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, well, uh, yeah. Dan, just as you said, Dan Baker's walked he's in. He's so walking let's... in right now. So let's take a quick break, everybody, and uh, we'll be right back. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Frank's Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new right in The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. And we're back to Philly's Backstage, and Dan Baker's just sat down. Hello, Dan. Hey, Tom. Hi, John. Dan. How you doing? We had a long uh, a doubleheader, a doubleheader yesterday. Did you, did you rebound well after a, a 
two spot yesterday? Absolutely. In fact, I just finished taping uh, our radio show with the Greg the Bull Luzinski, the Bull Session. The Bull Session over at Xfinity Live, right? Uh, today at, we did it at a, a, a Chickies and Pete's. Oh, Chickies and Pete's. And you had uh, Jim Jackson on there, right? Jim Jackson uh, was our guest today. And uh, next week for the at trade deadline, we're going to have former Phillies and Astros GM Ed Wade nice. uh, as our guest. And, the, and Jim Jackson is multi-talented just like you, Dan, because for many years you. you did Eagles and Phillies, and Jim Jackson obviously many years doing Flyers and Phillies. And you know how many years? Uh, 25 years as the play-by-play voice of the Flyers. First two radio, Gene Hart was doing the TV play-by-play still, and the last 23 years, Jim has been the Play yeah. by TV, play by play voice of the Philadelphia. Boy, twenty three years, yeah. boy, that's yeah, that goes something. by quick. That does yeah. go by quick. Because I remember Don Earl and uh, and Gene Hart, right? As oh yeah, was yesterday. Don Earl and Gene Hart. You remember Gene Hart, right, Dan? I, I remember Don Earl too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, the, the old funny story, uh, not funny, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, funny, odd, funny, uh, unfortunately f- funny. Yeah, you know, he cursed. Yeah, it hit the post. Well, he hit the post. He hit the blanking post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit the right? blanking yeah. post. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could you imagine? I would. Oh, yeah. if I heard yeah. that in my car, uh, I would have been hysterical. But, yeah. but the funny thing is, like, look, that we all. We got this podcast. I do the radio show. You do the radio show PA. I mean, I'm telling you, you get in the moment as a mm. fan. We're all fans of the Philadelphia teams. Oh. I, you can almost see that happening if it's a really big, meaningful game and you're, well, and you're, you're, well, you're responding. Well, you guys have worked with me in the scoreboard. I'm a Phillies fan through and through. I have been uh, from the moment that my father first took me to a Phillies game in 1954 at Connie Mack Stadium. I live and die with the I love them with, with all my heart. And uh, and like a fan, you know, if, if something's not going well, I'll get upset, you know. Got to make and, sure your mic's off, though. Oh, but I would I would never uh, say anything right. untoward, uh, you know, on the mic, and not certainly not intentionally. But no, I, I'm cognizant that uh, even uh, you know unintentionally. I mean, I love this job so much, I wouldn't want to jeopardize it by saying something inappropriate, yeah. you know, and. Uh, but uh, I, I say much more positive than negative. You you guys also know that. And uh, uh, I just love doing this. So let, let's go back from the very beginning of your career. Because I, I remember you telling me or telling us that you were a um, – one of your first jobs was working at like a demolition derby. Oh, uh, I, I – uh, was the voice for three years of uh, Buddy Wagner's Lucky Mustang Hell Drivers. It was an auto daredevil show, and in uh, and I did that uh, in the summers. Uh, I was teaching school in Philadelphia at the Landreth School at 23rd and Federal in in South Philadelphia, and uh, for the summers of 69, 70, and 71, uh, I toured through New England uh, state fairs, county fairs, and uh, uh, did the auto daredevil shows with the cars that crisscrossed, and they did ramp the ramp jumps, and they went on their sides, what is called the skis. I did uh, Benny Kosky, the Human Bomb. Benny the Bomb, yeah. Uh, Benny the Bomb, and uh, did the uh, pregame for uh, a pre. We 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 did a show before Evil Knievel did a big jump over many. Like vans. Wow, you did an Evil Knievel oh, yeah, event? Yeah. How about I did, that? I did the WWE, you know, once yeah. upon a time. It was, as a matter of fact, it wasn't the WWE then. It was the 
Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF, and it was run by Vince McMahon Sr., father of hmm. the Vince McMahon Jr., the, the big mogul. Where uh, would they have those wrestling matches? Is that those, somewhere in Philly? Uh, 3201 South 26th Street. Huh. It's now Steen Advertising. I don't even know if it's Steen Advertising anymore, but at that time, it was WKBS-TV, uh, the Kaiser Station, Channel 48 in Philadelphia. And uh, I started in the mailroom there at the princely sum of $1.50 an hour. Uh, I, As a junior at Glassboro State College, a junior and senior, I worked there full-time, 40 hours a week, $1.50 an hour. 60 bucks, man. <laughs> living large. Living on the high grass at that time. And So you didn't uh, study broadcasting. You were... Right? You didn't stay uh, at Glassboro, or did you? I know at, at that time, uh, Glassboro State College uh, was just removed, uh, not too far removed from being exclusively uh, uh, Glassboro State Teachers College. Okay. In fact, it started out in 1923 as Glassboro State Normal School, which mm -hmm. meant it was a teacher preparation institution. And uh, when I went there, it was... Uh, uh, as as were all the NJAC schools, Trenton State College, where Tom McCarthy went, uh, now College of New Jersey, and there was Jersey City State College, uh, uh, Newark State College, um, and uh, there's there's some new uh, uh, colleges in that conference now. But uh, I got a great education there, and it was like a liberal arts education, you know, got a little bit of history, a little bit of English, a little bit of math. Uh, little bit of a lot of things, you know. And you taught, but you also had this love of broadcasting. I always did. I I was a pretty good athlete as a young man, both mm -hmm. basketball and baseball. Not good enough to play professionally, although like uh, most of us growing up, red-blooded American kids, you know, I dreamed of, of being a Philly, you know, or an Eagle, uh, you know, or a Philadelphia Warrior. You know, uh, when I grew up in the 50s, there was no Flyers. And we had the Philadelphia Ramblers of the old Eastern Hockey League. Hmm. And uh, besides the Phillies and the Eagles, which were my two uh, favorites growing up, uh, there was the Philadelphia Warriors, now the Golden State Warriors yeah. of the NBA, and they won an NBA championship. And they and both played at the Civic Center, right? They or later on played at the uh, the Civic Center. They also played at the arena at 45th and Market, 46th and Market. Uh, but, the, yeah, their uh, primary home uh, was uh, uh, the old Philadelphia Convention Hall, later known as the Civic Center, uh, right near, uh, not too far from the Palestra, just a couple yep. blocks down the street from the uh, world-famous Palestra. So you had all these, uh, you were getting a little bit of these side jobs. Yes. Uh, you were able to announce some baseball and basketball games at Glassboro State, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, you were getting these things. And then what made you apply, I guess, to the Phillies job? Did you heard there was a job opening for... No. Uh, that Tom and John, I applied every year. I still have letters at home from nice. Larry Schenk. Thank you for your interest. There's no opening. <laughs> like, let's, just, let's hire this guy so we can stop the letters. <laughs> you know what's so cool about this, John? Yeah. You know, uh, Dan, we've been interviewing just great people in the organization and it's so cool that uh, so many of them just grew up huge Phillies oh, fans so you yes. know uh, you really can appreciate oh, it when you do get a job here You're right darn right I feel so lucky I never forget that for a moment and yeah. and as I think you guys know I mean from the time when I started in 72 till here we are 2018 I have the same enthusiasm like people yesterday we had 
the games. People, are, I saw a couple people, oh, you must be tired. I'm not tired. I'm That's, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, we double won, header. You know, yeah, yeah. we won the second game. I have a trivia question for John Brazier because later on, Dan, we're going to, we have a, John has a trivia question uh, or a tri- trivia contest for you, but okay. I have a trivia question for John. John. Yes. John. Yes. Tom Burgoyne. Is that the answer? <laughs> the only one that did a whole game? <laughs> no, that's a good one. Uh, who was the PA announcer the for Dan? the Phillies before Dan Baker? I have absolutely no idea. Dan, you know. know. Is it somebody that's a, a name that I would know? No, I didn't know this. I looked it up. Art Wolf. Uh, Art Wolf was the public address voice of the Phillies at Veterans Stadium uh, in the uh, inaugural year uh, at the Vet, 1971. And uh, Art was also uh, one of the radio voices of KYW News Radio. And uh, he had a, a wonderful voice. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the, the Phillies decided to make a change. Uh, I saw Pat Cassidy. Uh, you know, I did a lot of uh, non-announcing jobs, too. Uh, I've actually been doing uh, statistics and spotting work uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, beginning back at Franklin Field, like in 1967 and 1968. I would uh, keep the uh, track of the first downs and the passes thrown, passes completed, uh, uh, yards gained by a ball carrier, uh, yards uh, gained by a receiver, you know, all of those kind of things. And uh, I work with a number of uh, play-by-play uh, voices, p- primarily, and I would say my mentor, who's still living, a wonderful, wonderful man, Jay Randolph from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a real gentleman, always in a coat and tie, and I've tried to emulate that. Yeah. You know, my father is that way, too. Well, that experience helped you, too, Dan, because uh, the Phillies were looking, we talked about it earlier, somebody not only to announce the games, but who knew the game a little bit. Uh, balls and strikes. Did you have well, to take care of balls and strikes right from the yes. beginning? Which I also did mm-hmm. when I played in the Mountie from Little League in southern New, uh, southern New Jersey, and I was a pretty good player. Uh, uh, but when our team wasn't playing, I'd be up in the, in the announce booth or the scoreboard room, and I'd be keeping the ball strikes and outs. I used to lay, when I would listen to the Phillies games on the West Coast, I would lay in bed at night and keep balls and strikes on my fingers. I was so into the game. And I told Bill that uh, when Bill Giles interviewed me in the uh, fall of uh, 71, uh, he, uh, Pat Cassidy told me the Phillies were thinking of ma- uh, making a change in PA announcers. They weren't committed to it, uh, but there was a chance. And was that anything in which I would be interested? I, anything in which I'd be interested? I'd give my right <laughs> yeah, arm. Exactly. He said, well, I think, I think I can arrange an interview for you with Bill Giles, mm. who's my boss. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'd be so appreciative. I, I couldn't thank you enough. And he called me back, and he said, Mr. Giles will meet with you. Oh, man. So I, I met with Bill. I, I've, I've had a few interviews, not, not too many recently, uh, but, uh, you know, in the, in the distant past. And uh, gosh knows I was in a bunch of interviews where I know that I did not uh, perform well. Uh-huh. And uh, I probably blew any chance I had of, get, uh, you know, getting that position. But, with you know, I with Bill, uh, it was a, a subject that I knew well, baseball. You know, I, I could answer. Uh, how, and he said, uh, and one of the things that uh, Mr. Giles emphasized was that whoever does this job also has to operate the scoreboard. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that they were contemplating a change. 
because it can be challenging to do both. Yeah, we, we you, both have saw you see you do it. Yeah, you, you, right? re, you really need to. I mean, I remember, you know, working with both of you. And, uh, of course, I, I could see that you guys were talented from the start and, and uh, were going places. Uh, but uh, I, I couldn't talk to you because I'd be looking at, you know, we'd be having a conversation and I would be, you know, fully in, engaged. But looking, you know, at the field and looking, you know, and, you know, changing the uh, numbers on the scoreboard. But Bill, it was important to Bill that, you know, this person knew baseball. And I said, Mr. Giles, if you hire me, I will be the quickest and most accurate scoreboard operator in baseball. Nice. And you know what, John and Tom? Yes. For the 32 years that I did that at Veterans Stadium, I was the quickest and most accurate, yes. which I think a lot of people would confirm. Yeah. All right, Dan. So for it, Dan. Tom Burgoyne was talking about uh, when he did that one game in your place when you had laryngitis, and he said right from the get-go – uh, he announced, just like you do when the team takes the field, he announces the year and the, you know, he'll say... Uh, the so, 2018 right. Philadelphia Phillies. Right. So Tom <laughs> said that he said the 1994 Philadelphia Phillies. Even though it was, well, 1993. Though it was 1993. So my question to you is, I'm sure... Um, you had some gaffe at some point oh, in yeah. the beginning of your career. What, what, was, what was the most memorable gaffe that you had? Dan doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, well, I do. He's, he's I, human. We all, we he's human. Do. I don't think there is a single announcer, radio, TV, public address that can claim never to have made a mistake. Did you ever mispronounce someone's name like like badly, or did you? What was your biggest mistake that you can remember? Well, the biggest mistake that I can remember uh, was uh, about 1970. Uh, Four, and uh, the Phillies were playing the San Francisco Giants right across the street here at Veteran Stadium, Broad and Patterson. And uh, Willie Montanez was coming up uh, for the Phillies. And uh, I had a brain cramp in the middle of introducing Willie, who I loved. And uh, now batting for the Phillies, uh, number 27, that was Willie's number. That, that was the correct number. Willie McCovey. I'm thinking of Willie. <laughs> number 44, Willie right, McCovey. Right, right. Hall of Famer was the first baseman for the Giants. And uh, Willie uh, Montanez was in the, uh, uh, he was a left-handed batter, and he was in the uh, batter's box for a left-handed hitter. And he looked up at the <laughs> scoreboard. And, it came, and I, I felt like two cents. And, oh. and the next day I was on the field, as you guys know, I, uh, I think I might be the only PA announcer in uh, baseball that does the uh, introduces the starting lineups from the field, which is something that Bill Giles and Dave Montgomery and Chris Long always wanted. They felt that there was a certain warmth uh, that was connoted by being able to see the person uh, and, and making the announcements as opposed to some disembodied voice coming right. out of this big. Where is that person? What does he or she look like? You know. Uh, so the next day I was down in the field going over the lineups and uh, Willie Montanez came, came up behind me and he said, Montanez, Montanez. <laughs> I said, oh, Willie, I'm sorry. Gave him a big hug. Uh, so we talked off the air. Matt Cord is a good friend of both Matt and I, or Tom and I, and he tells a story as a PA announcer, longtime PA announcer for the Sixers. He was announcing, um, they were doing the Utah Jazz, and you had Carl uh, Malone, right? So Matt would keep cards. He'd have five cards for the starters, and Carl Malone was obviously last, right? So they, you know, big introduction. He's like, and 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 he saved the last. All of a sudden. 
he gets to the fifth card. There's no fifth card, and he doesn't know what to do. He knows it's Carl Malone, but he just decides to just not announce him because he can't find that fifth card. So he, he announces four guys, and basically Carl Malone just has come out on his own without being yeah. announced. So then he does the whole Sixers. And the lights go up, you know, because now it's uh, getting ready for game time. Carl Malone comes up to the, comes up to the table and says, hey, Matt. He goes, excuse me, are you the PA announcer? He says, yes. Yeah. Let me introduce myself. My name is Carl Malone. I'm a 15-time, you know, four-time, time all-star, four-time gold medalist, player of the year, blah, 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 blah. He goes, Carl Malone. He goes, and Matt said, I'm sorry, your card got stuck to the, the, four, the fourth card, stuck to the fifth card. He goes, well, that's not going to happen again. And you should know my name. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It can happen. It can happen. Not too much with you, though, Dan. Not too much with you. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, great stories, by the way, Dan. We're so thrilled you're here. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank Fan Field, the Fanatic Rock Climbing Wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new, right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com. And we're back, Phillies Backstage, with Dan Baker. And, uh, Dan, you know, we had a great promotion here uh, a month or so ago. John and I talked about it on the air where we had Flyers Day. And uh, I was just so thrilled to see Lou Nolan down there with you on the field. And then when I was doing a little research uh, on your career, Dan, I, I saw that uh, Lou Nolan started right after you did in 1972 for that the Flyers. Is, that is correct. And next fall will be uh, uh, Lou's 47th year in the business this Spring and summer is my 47th year, so yeah. uh, we have a lot in common, and it was also a thrill for me to have Lou here. Uh, Lou is a good friend, uh, and uh, he does a great job with the Philadelphia Flyers. He does. And, and I, I thought uh, John did a great job with that promotion. John called me, and uh, he said uh, at, at home... Uh, and uh, said, uh, hey, Dan, we have this idea for Flyers Day here. And, you know, they've sold a lot of tickets. And we think it would be great for Lauren Hart to do the anthem. And I adored Gene Hart and do uh, Lauren as well. What a great anthemist she is. And uh, so I was... Uh, proud to introduce Lauren, which I've introduced her before, John. You've arranged yep. for Lauren to sing the anthem here before. This was the first time Lou did the lineups, but it was great. The Flyers fans appreciated it, and the Phillies fans appreciated it. Yeah, that was we talked about it earlier. It was one of our uh, best promotions of the year, and I know we've obviously had promotions uh, over the years, Dan. I mean, you go back even uh, before John and I, you know, the crazy promotions in the 70s with ostrich races, and we've had, of course, the you great know, Orlando. The great Orlando. Great Belinda yeah. walking on a tightrope, you know, across the did top. Did you, of uh, I mean, did you announce that as yes. far as, yeah, I mean, that was, you must have been in total circus mode with that and, one. And Ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Oh, well, that's one of the, that's another <laughs> reason I think that Bill Giles, li Bill liked the fact that I did the auto daredevils, you know, and I yeah, did that gave you the human Great bomb. experience for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did the great Merrifield suspended, you know, from a trapeze for hanging from a helicopter, a bunch of things. And uh, you've uh, always enjoyed those moments, oh, right, love Dan? It. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Was there. Well, you know, the, the great Melinda, uh, Paul Richardson, our wonderful, mm. wonderful organist. He's uh, 
playing, uh, you know, walk on through the wind, walk on through the beat, you know, and I'll never, you know, and I'm, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the great Melendez. He didn't play Tom Petty's Free Falling no, for no, uh, no, Melendez. No. I think that was, that was after the fact. <laughs> but I, I have a great story for you there. Uh, Bill Giles, of course, a promotional genius, and boy, did he inject a lot of excitement into Phillies baseball when uh, the Phillies were, uh, you know, a last place team the last couple of years at Connie Mack Stadium and the first couple here at at Veteran Stadium, and and uh, he told uh, one of the team doctors, he said, "Get out there and <laughs> and make sure that nothing happens. We can't have an accident in here or anything." <laughs> and uh, so uh, the, the, I forget who this doctor, the, the doctors, they say, a wonderful man. He's associated with. Jefferson uh, down at like 10th and Walnut and uh, he said well I want you to walk underneath and make sure he said hey Bill if he falls from that height <laughs> yeah, and I'm walking exactly. underneath the only thing I'm going to need is a shovel right. you know? exactly, exactly. And, <laughs> and you'd already worked with Benny the Bomb I did I did uh, Kite Man and Cannon Man, kite man. Oh, Rocket that Man was, and that was fun you know Kite Man in 1972 this is my first year as PA announcer and uh, so uh, again Bill, Bill knew that I could sell things like this and he was looking forward to it and kite man was supposed to take off from the upper deck in dead center field and fly in and deliver that ball to home plate well paul callahan one of our salespeople, a great salesperson and uh we had two great salespeople coming up at that time dave montgomery and paul callahan mm-hmm. and my work my wife kathy, kathy worked sure. in their pr- uh, sales and promotions so anyway they're getting ready for uh, kite man to come in <laughs> and uh, bill says Go ahead and introduce him. And I'm Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, he's uh, uh, performed in front of presidents. He's performed in front of royalty. Tonight, he is going to fly from center field at Veteran Stadium and deliver that ball. And uh, so, and now here he is, Kite Man, I, whoever, I forget what his name was. And uh, Kite Man doesn't move. And uh, so... So Bill Giles is, is, is in the booth. I'm doing this from the booth, and Bill is standing right next to me. And he said, Paul, tell him to go. We just introduced him. And he said, uh, Bill, he's afraid. You know? <laughs> he's afraid. <laughs> he said, well, give him a push. <laughs> you know, he said, do it again, do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. It bears repeating. <laughs> <laughs> it bears repeating. <laughs> and then, Dan, what happened? We all know what happened. That first so, sight, man. So, so funny now that they've got a a plywood uh, uh, a ramp platform, yeah, a platform, yeah. yeah, a ramp that that's mm-hmm. coming down to the to the edge, and reluctantly he start, starts down this thing. He's got like these skis on, you know, and and if he builds up any momentum, he is going to go right off, you know. But he doesn't really want to go down. He's like tipped. So he gets down at the end, and he finally like falls over, uh, still in the upper still deck. Still in the upper and deck. Then he throws yeah, he the had to throw the ball from the upper and, deck. And, and, and were the fans booing at that point? Uh, I think oh. they felt bad for him. I think they realized. <laughs> and remember now, one of the things that you do in the, this thrill show business is you're trying to impress upon people the difficulty mm. and the danger right. that's inherent. <laughs> Ladies you probably and made him scared. Yeah, one false move in here. Oh, geez. <laughs> the big, the big build-up. The big build-up. Hey, well, hey, you know what Dan announced? Uh, I was involved one time when Dan. I don't know if you remember this. Back Johnny in, Fresh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, talk about big build-up and big letdown. We got a big build-up for Johnny Fresh Lemon Line. But yeah. do you remember this one? We needed. We had the X Games. We used to do the X Games where we'd have two interns. One would be in the red outfit. One would be in the blue 
outfit. And at the vet, they would from the bottom of the upper deck, they'd race each other. And Dan would be the big buildup, you know. And 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 lane number one is so and so, and they're wearing the red. And lane number two wearing the blue. And fans, come on, let's root for you know. And so they would literally run, and they'd have to jump a rail, <laughs> and then they'd have to go up steps, jump another rail, yeah, yeah. and run all the way up to the top and hit it. And Dan <laughs> did a big buildup. So we were doing this for a while, and we said we gotta we gotta change this up a little bit. We're getting it's been we've been doing this for two months, and so we're all sitting around a meeting, and somebody said it might have been myself. Somebody said. We ought to how about rollerblading? Because rollerblading was big back then. This is like in the mid '90s. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I played ice hockey, so I'm like, I can rollerblade. They're like, Well, can you get somebody else? So I, we, I ask everybody. Nobody played ice Dollar hockey. Dollar Bill. And so I said, My brother played ice hockey too. So I called my brother. I said, Dollar Bill, have you ever been on uh, rollerblades? He said, No. I said, All right, you're, you're hired. Right. So I, t- I told him that uh, yes, you know, not to make a long story short, but I said, uh, We'll fix it where you win because the, the, it was too narrow to really have a real race huh. so i said as long as you don't fall or, or going too slow well th- there was the stairs that jutted out he was trying to go too fast as he'd never been on rollerblades yeah, he was yeah, yeah. trying to be like ice hockey and his right leg hit a stair he went tumbling fell scraped everything oh. i jumped over and won and dan baker <laughs> giving the announcement and the blue guy wins the, the blue guy all right so you didn't get the john brazier name from no, dan baker no, you just got you were blue guy right i was the blue guy <laughs> but but speaking of that dan who are some of the best obviously everyone knows that Mickey Morandini, you know, you have that. Let, let's hear a little Mickey Morandini. Now batting for the Phillies, number 12, second baseman, Mickey Morandini. What do you do with a guy who only has, like, one syllable in his name? That's that's a hard part, right? right? Travis, You'd like, rather tra- have a like guy. Like Travis Lee. Yeah, well, Travis when, Lee. <laughs> when people are Bob Boone, you know, people would say. Yeah. I remember it's hard uh, to. Clark DeLeon, uh, an Inquirer columnist one time, was uh, comparing my style to Dave Zinkoff's, a, a PA legend. And uh, Dave had a certain flair. Boy, he was entertaining. I enjoyed seeing, hearing him announce at Warriors games. And Dan, have you heard Tom do zing? <laughs> All right, we're not going to get Come into on, that. Come on, give him a little. Give oh, him a little. Now Sixer starters first. A guard from West Texas State, number ten, Mo Cheeks. At the other guard, Southwest Louisiana, number twenty-two, Andrew Tony. At Santa, St. Petersburg High School in Virginia. Moses Malone at forwards from the University of Virginia, Mark Averoni. And from the University of Massachusetts, number 676 to Captain Julius Irving. The zinc lives. <laughs> Head coach, Billy Cunningham's assistant, Jack McMahon and Matty Gukas, trainer Al Domenico. Oh, that Tom, that is, is outstanding. Awesome. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Tired. It's my only talent. That is outstanding. And I got to do it on our podcast, Rob Brooks. Oh, hey. man. And you know what? And you got the legendary PA announcer giving you all Give kinds it, of props. Yeah, for that. legendary. He jumped out of his chair when you started. Oh. Scott Palmer made me go to Philadelphia Sport. Uh, we go to the uh, Philadelphia Sports Writers Banquet most years, Dan, and I know yeah. you're always active in that. Bobby Jones was there a couple years ago, and Scott Palmer grabbed me. He's like, You got to do your zinc for Bobby Jones. So, after the banquet, hey, Scott, this is Tom Burgoyne. You know, Tom, do it, do it, do it. And, uh, yeah, Bobby was all smiling. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, the players still like it. Uh, uh, you know, I do the show with the Bull uh, uh, every Monday during the baseball season. We've done it for 10 years now. And uh, every week when I introduce him, and, and I'll go into four-time All-Star, that's two-time nice. runner-up to National League MVP, 13-game <laughs> hitting streak in the NLCS, the Bull. Number 19, <laughs> left fielder Greg 
Luzinski, and the people love it. You know, they we'll get it. you know three or four dozen people, and and sometimes uh, with a high profile guest, you know, fifty to seventy five people. Yeah, there. may not sound like a lot in the context of a forty five thousand seat stadium, but uh, you know, uh, sports bars. So you uh, enjoy the uh, that part of it, Dan? You like going to the sports bars and doing oh, those yeah. nights? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you do it for the Eagles too, right? I did, well, as you know, I, I did the Eagles PA for mm-hmm. uh, 29 sure. years, and I did statistics and spotting for 18 years before that. Yeah. So that was like 47 years across the street. Loved every minute of it. And, uh, and fortunately, uh, the nice folks at Xfinity Live hired me uh, to serve as an in-house uh, PA announcer uh, for Eagles games. So they show the uh, Eagles game on their 35-foot LED screen, which is the largest on the East Coast outside of a stadium or an arena, and they'll get like 5,000 people. And so over over the course of uh, of a game uh, for an Eagles home game, they'll get 10,000 people going in and out. Because now you have this phenomenon where you have all these people in the parking lot uh, you know, that are tailgating. They don't have tickets to the game. Right. You right. know, so they would stay at their cars, watch on TV, listen on the radio. Now they can come into Xfinity Live. And this year, Super Bowl champs, I mean, those games are going to be packed. If they oh. if they aren't already, oh. they already are oh, yeah. at Xfinity Live. Oh, and, my goodness. And I give some of the same signature call. That's another Eagles first, first down. down. Well, we, me, my yeah. brother Brothers and family have had tickets for yeah. at the Eagles for years and years, and yeah. when we'd hear you do first down, we'd all be yelling, Dano, Dano! <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> how, about, how about some other names? What are some of the other na- favorite names to say? Did you like to say well, Rico Bronia? You, you know, right. uh, uh, one of my favorites uh, was now now batting for the Phillies, number 53, right fielder Bobby Abreu. Uh, I, I always love doing that name. That's not as long as some of them. But uh, you're, you're right, uh, John and Tom. The names uh, that are among my favorites uh, are the uh, polysyllabic names, the mm. multiple syllables, because uh, they lend themselves to a more melodic interpretation. There's only so much you can do with Bob Boone. Right, right, you know, right. Jeff Jeff Manto. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame that we never got Jared Sotolamakia. I think you would have had a good one with that one. I know, uh, John, can't wait to give his quiz, but you were talking about Dan and the promotions and announcing promotions. Of course, I, I have to say, Dan, one of the great things, and you're such always such a great team player to, uh, you know, when the Fanatic has a birthday and a theme, do you know that Dan dressed up once as Robin from Batman and Robin because we were having a superhero theme? I thought that was great. And all the different oh. themes, Dan, you know, is Right there, uh, I've been total a team sergeant. player. I've been, uh, one year, Chris uh, Long, director of entertainment, asked me if I'd be willing to ride a horse. Well, guess what? The previous year, Kathy and I had taken our children to a dude ranch, Peaceful Valley, uh, uh, just uh, north of Denver. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'll ride a horse. Sure. You know? and, uh, but the, the man who loaned us this white horse, uh, looked like the Lone Ranger's horse, uh, but he said no. The only condition <laughs> under which he would loan the horse was if he was riding it. Oh. So uh, you were also so Dumb and Dumber, you and Scott Palmer, right? Were you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. the other guy's oh. name? Uh, yeah, Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd. 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 Uh, one of my favorites was we had the fanatic birthday party and we had a big wrestling match. And the big mm-hmm. thing was supposed to we were supposed to have a huge ring set yes. up right in the infield, and the ring was never delivered. So Dan, the ultimate professional, and we were kind. 
had a, we were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, Dan makes the announcement, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fnatic Birthday. And, we got and this hold on, these weren't current match. wrestlers either. No, these they were, were all guys, the these old. Are, these are like Bruno San Martino. Oh, yeah. you know, the these Samoan these brothers. brothers. Introduced. Right. I introduced Yeah, Bruno. the Samoan uh, brothers, Dan. Yeah. You know, all these guys had come out of, well, they were still yeah. in retirement, but yeah. they were doing the, the, the major league circuit, I guess. Yeah. And we, But we didn't have the ring, so Dan said, all right, fans, it's a special day because it's no rules, no ring, no holds barred. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what happened, they were all over the field. They were doing pile drivers on the dugout. Wearing Chrissy Long, I diapers. thought, was going <laughs> to. You know something, though, I have to tell you. Anytime I want to get a guaranteed positive response from the fans, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. The most beloved mascot in sports. You're a Philly fanatic, and they go crazy. They go crazy. Even and in the worst of times, we've got the fanatic. The fanatic is, you know, all ego, so he loves it, Dan. But I'm, uh, whenever I hear it, I'm, You're you know. You're too modest. I'm the, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's a pretty big bugger. I think the fanatic's now supposed to go out and cure cancer or something. Yeah, Clark but, Kent uh, never gets applause. No, there you go. There right? you go. That's true. Yeah, but the, the fans love it. <laughs> that love always it. gives them something to cheer uh, it's all good it's all good but all right so uh john you're over here and you've got a pretty interesting trivia challenge hold on you guys really do your before we do that before we do that now dan baker also uh, gets a lot of requests he does a lot of weddings oh yeah right he does a lot of voicemails right from fans bar mitzvahs all kinds of things so this is a little dream how about can you announce tom burgoyne as if he is the third baseman batting fourth now batting for the Phillies in the fourth position. Number 17, third baseman Tom Burgoyne. Oh. All right, you Tom. What? What? I wish I had a recording. What, what, what position am I? Should have. You're right, um, right field. You're short fielder. <laughs> Left out. You're softball. Short fielder. <laughs> okay. I can't play short field. He's never All announced right, a short uh, left field. We'll put you in left. Now batting for the Phillies, number 12, left fielder John Brazier. Ah, see that? You're you're uh, making dreams, Dan. That? That's what huh? you do. That's what you do. You're making dreams. All right, go for it, John. What do you All say? Right. you got a very interesting yes. challenge. So, Dan, what we do is I usually find the I'll, – I'll know the area of expertise for our guest. So sometimes I have to stretch a little bit. It's like Frank Kopenbarger, for instance. I didn't know what his expertise was, but he's a traveling secretary, was a traveling secretary. So I figured he knew a lot of states, so I gave him state capitals. Wow. Okay? Now, for you, you've been, you've been announcing since 1971, right? 72. 72, sorry. 70, with the 72, all, you know, still 2018. There's been a lot of players that have come through there, okay, for the Phillies. So I've got a list of – I'm going to give you um, eight – uh, questions, okay? Four of them are, there's four names. Three of them are players that wore a Phillies uniform that you announced as a PA announcer. Now, they might not have long distinguished careers, but they did wear a Phillies uniform. And one is a guy who didn't wear a Phillies uniform. In fact, it's a, it's a musician or rock star. Okay, so you've got to tell me which one is the non-Philly or who's the rock star. How many of these do you have, John? I have eight, and then I've got eight a bonus up. question that, that uh, involves a big five. Okay. Okay, so again, I'm going to give you A, B, C, and D. One of the three of them are f- former Phillies. Again, they might have only played for a little bit, and one's going to be a, a fake. A, so you want fake, me to identify the one Identify that the fake long. one, yes. Yes. All right, so for number one, and, and Tom, what does he win? Uh, I think the Brad Lidge bobbin head doll that we're giving to all, uh, all fans. 
this is it this uh, next weekend. Yes, August fifth uh, would be August fifth. Right, Toyota. Toyota is our sponsor. Yes. All right, Dan, you can keep that in your, uh, right next to you when you do your PA announcing. Question number one. Ready? Here it is. The four names. Which one is uh, not the Philly, and he is a rock star or a recording artist? Yes. Okay. You got Clemente Alvarez. You got Enrique Iglesias. You got Salome. Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew he was going to get that one. <laughs> Miguel Cairo. All right. You got that one right. You got one right. All right. Here's question number two. Ready? Thank goodness I'm not going to be shut up. <laughs> <laughs> here's question number two. Bob Weir, Rick Bassetti, Jeff Calhoun, Bill Allman. Bob Weir, Rick Bassetti, Jeff Calhoun, Bill Allman. Which one? Well, it's either the first or the third one. So it's either Bob Jeff- Weir or Jeff Calhoun. Which one are you going with? He's thinking. Bob Weir. Bob Weir is correct. <laughs> that is the the uh, guitarist uh, and Lead singer, singer for, Grateful for the Grateful Dead. Dead. Yes, now Dead and Company. <laughs> All right, Dan, you're two for two. Here we go. Number three, Jim Aducci, Dan Buatano, Rocky Childress, Jeff Lynn. Again, Jim Aducci, Dan Buatano, Rocky Childress, Jeff Lynn. Which one? I think Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn is correct. He is a lead singer of ELO who yes. is playing in Philadelphia. ELO. Yes, ELO. Uh, how about that? All right, you're good. All right, number four. Adam Bernero, Tim Mauser, Paul Stanley, Travis Chapman. Adam Bernero, Tim Mauser, Paul Stanley, Travis Paul Stanley. Chapman. Paul, Paul Stanley, Stanley is, correct. is correct. Do you know what band he's in? No. He's, he's Kiss. Kiss. He's Kiss. You're really good at this, yeah, Dan. You're, you're, you're good. All right. Here. Well, I'm looking for the name. I don't know. There's a lot that I don't know, but All there's right. more. I don't know any of the All players. Right. That's number, my problem. Number like, five, man. Reginald Dwight, Dennis Springer, Cesar Tovar, Zach Segovia. Reginald Dwight, Dennis Springer, Cesar Tovar, Zach Segovia. Reginald Dwight. Yes. Reginald Dwight. You know who that is? That is Elton John. Elton John. Exactly right. All right, Dan, you're You're five five for five. five. (laughs) All right, sixth question. Paul Spiljarek, Jason Pridey, Gordon Sumner, Eddie Oropesa. Again, Paul Gordon Sumner. Do you know who Gordon Sumner is? No. Sting. Sting. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. He's six for six. Six for six. This is unbelievable. We've never had someone go, right? 100%? 100%? No. Boy, um, you guys really do your homework. All right. Number seven, Mauricio Robles, Carlos Silva, Pablo Cruz, Yoel Hernandez. <laughs> the first one. Which one? Mauricio Robles? Yeah, the first one, yeah. No, that's, no. that's incorrect. Pablo, Pablo Cruz. Pablo Cruz. Is that even well, a person? Who, Is that I a band? I think it's the band I name. think it's the band, Pablo okay. Cruz. Okay. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, still, you're doing very well. Last one. Is Rod Booker, Kevin Elster, David DeLucci, Warren Haynes. Warren Haynes. Warren Haynes right is correct. On. And uh, Tom and I both love Warren Haynes. He's yes, uh, we do. Almond Brothers and... and Government other, Mule. Government Mule, yeah. All right, so we're going to give you a bonus question. Okay. All right? To make and up for the one I got that's wrong. That's okay, but it's, you've done absolutely phenomenal, especially knowing that you don't know the rock stars. And uh, all right, ready? The last one. Who is not a Big Five Hall of Famer? Okay? Oh, I'll know this. Who is not a Big Five Hall of Famer? Is it, and don't answer till I finish them all, Tim Claxton, Tom Inglesby, Alonzo Lewis, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> wow. Which one, Dan? Kurt Cobain Kurt is not a Dan was going to know Kurt Cobain. I knew you shouldn't <laughs> you know, have gone with that one. Do you know one. who Kurt Cobain is? 
Was he a uh, either a rock star, or a movie a, star? He's a rock star. Yeah, died of an overdose. Yes, yes. yes. Well, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Close. I, yes, Kurt Cobain <laughs> was in Nirvana. Very good. Did you well, know Tim Claxton, Tom Inglesby, and Lonzo Lewis? Tim Claxton, Temple, Tom Inglesby, Villanova. Who was the other? Alonzo one? Lewis. Alonzo Lewis LaSalle. See, I, so whoever I put as that fourth was going to be picked. Dan knows his Dan, big five. Dan, you are. That's so impressive Con- right there. Congratulations, Dan. You have won the Bradledge Bobbinhead Doll that we're giving away to all fans on August 5th. Toyota, our sponsor. So Thank you. You've got Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> it's in the mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dan, it's, uh, it's been such a thrill uh, for. John and I to you know work with you for so long oh, and we were fans uh, even before we started working here and uh, I do know going to a Phillies game wouldn't be the same without the sound of Dan Baker's voice so uh, thanks for your dedication and passion. Thank you. I love it. I love being here. Go oh, Phillies! Go Phillies! Alright, with that we're going to sign off. John, thank you. Dan, thank again. You, John. Rob Brooks, you are the man and uh, we will see you next week and in the meantime we'll see you at the ballpark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.